Welcome back to another episode of the Man Talks Podcast. My name is Roger Nairn, and I'm the Director of Marketing for Man Talks. And I'm Connor Beaton, the founder. Awesome. Today we have Ryan Mitchler. He's the founder of Order of Man. Order of Man is a community of motivated and, and ambitious men working to improve in all areas of their lives. They cover all the topics that are important to you as a man, such as self-mastery, purpose, leadership, relationships, finance and career, and you know manly skills, which come to you in the form of their podcast, blog, and events. So let's get right into it with Ryan Mitchler of Order of Man. Thanks so much, Ryan, for joining us. Uh, welcome to the Man Talks podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. Before we get started, we always like to ask our guests, uh, give us a little bit of context around um, what it is that you do and, and sort of how you got into that. Yeah, yeah, sure. So Order of Man is a website and a podcast. In fact, I had Connor on the podcast not too long ago. And our goal is to help men become better men in eight key areas of their lives. So we do that through the podcast. We do that through the blog. We're going to start doing some retreats. I know you guys have some live events that you do as well. So we're going to start incorporating some of that stuff. And uh, so that's what we do. I can get into a little bit about about my history if you want, or we can move on. I don't know where you guys want to take it, but uh, that's a little bit about what we do with Order of Men. Yeah, we love it. If you can get into your history, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So really... In order to to make sense of this, I go all the way back to when I was three years old. My father left my mother, my sister, and me when I was three, and he chose, unfortunately, drugs and alcohol. And so he left. And then I had a stepfather come into my life who was an alcoholic. He was never abusive, but he was never really present. So I didn't ever have the opportunity really to learn from him. There were There were glimpses and moments I remember of him being a good father, but just wasn't that available. And then I had another stepfather come into my life years later, and he was verbally and emotionally abusive. So I never really had this role model growing up. And I looked at my friends and I looked around at them going camping with their dads and, you know, the 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 perfect picture of them throwing the baseball in the yard with their dad and always being envious of that because I never had that growing up. And so now that I have kids of my own, I've got an eight-year-old boy, a five-year-old boy, and a two-year-old little girl. And then we've got another little boy on the way in April. Uh, I want to be better. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better leader in my community because I feel like that's what they need from me since I didn't have that male role model and that male influence growing up. And that's really been the catalyst behind why we started Order of Man. Very cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think we chatted about this the other day when I was on your podcast. But um, we have sort of similar backgrounds. Where uh, I was the same same age, same age when my dad left, and he didn't leave for drugs or alcohol, but he just actually ran off with another woman and just didn't come mm-hmm. back. So totally, totally yeah. uh, resonate. And then had a stepfather, very similar situation. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have have been through that. I mean, with with the uh, rates of, of divorce in, in North America, it's, you know, probably a very similar story for a lot of people. So what... Um... It's actually surprisingly common as I, as I go through this and, and I have conversations every day with men around the, the world. It's actually a lot more common than I had realized, which is why your message and why our message is resonating so well with these guys. And why do you think that is? I mean, why do you think, um, you know... F- fathers or, 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 uh, you know, that, that sort of, um, older men in, in, in men's lives are dropping out of the picture. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't want to place everybody into that category because I know there's men and, and specifically men in my life who I know are good fathers to their children. The prime example that I use is my father-in-law. He's been a great father to his five kids. And so I've looked at him and the way that he raises his kids and I've used his uh, experiences and, and his mentorship and example as a way for me to lead my kids. But yeah, I think it is surprisingly more common than normal. And I think a lot of it comes down to this me type society. Like it's all about me, 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 get, 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 get whatever I can. Don't worry about anything else. And so we've become so self-centered that we forget that there's other people. And specifically in my case, there's children relying on me to be the kind of man that I should be. And that includes uh, having discipline and having commitment and being in shape and just being a well-rounded man so I can be available and present for them so that they can do in turn do the same thing for their kids as, as that situation and that opportunity and time arises. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, let's kind of like, let's kind of dive into the the whole idea of being a successful man and, and you know, maybe a couple of the, like, what do you think are the main challenges that men face today? Hmm. There is so much. I think the biggest thing, and this is the the primary category, not the primary, but the, the, the first category that we talk about, and that is the idea of building relationships. I think if you go back thousands and tens of thousands of years ago, men formed into these tribes, and they were tight-knit, and they were small communities, and they served a lot of functions, but primarily to keep each other alive for survival, and then also for companionship and challenging and competition and all those things as well. But I think as men, we don't have those things anymore. So we have a little bit of that when we're growing up. I played sports. I don't know about you guys, but I played football. I wrestled and I played baseball when I was in high school. And we had the tribe. We had the team and we had the camaraderie and we had the community. And we learned from each other. We learned what it was like to win. We learned what it was like to lose. We learned how to work as a team and commitment and discipline and all those things that I think are really important for men to learn somewhere along the way. I also joined the military when I was 17, and so we had some of that camaraderie and that tribe in the military as well. And very few men, when they enter quote-unquote manhood, actually continue to receive the support from a male support group. And I think that's probably part of the reason you guys started Man Talks is because look around. There's nowhere for grown men to congregate, to come together and learn from each other and support each other and uplift each other. And so I always talk about relationships as the primary skill set that I think men need to learn. And it's something that naturally I think isn't very easy for us to open up and be vulnerable. But I think once we do and we surround ourselves with men who want to be successful, it helps our odds of being successful as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in, you know, what what you're kind of touching on is um, – what I usually call the, the like lone wolf syndrome, or we've really idolized this idea of being a lone wolf and, and that there's like all this value in being a lone wolf. And yet we are tribal by nature. And I think one of the other biggest things in there is that men kind of like naturally thrive off of being challenged, right? It's mm-hmm. and not, not in a negative sense, but, but in a, in a positive growth sense, like men are growth driven. We like naturally want to grow. We want to be you want to be great, great fathers, great, you know, business owners, uh, great athletes, all those types of things. And we, it's like we intuitively know that in order to do that, we need other people who are also sort of like experts in that field to push us, to challenge us. And we, and we appreciate that. 
And the funny thing is, is that when we don't have that, we almost kind of roam free and and then maybe like spiral a little bit, not out of control, but but we tend to kind of like go outside of our natural boundaries or borders that we would normally have for ourselves. And without that challenge, just kind of like, I don't know, become sort of not lost in a sense, but uh, we our, our idea of freedom, I think, generally changes. Like I've, I've talked with a lot of guys that when they don't have that male role model in their life to kind of challenge them and keep them within those sort of boundaries when they're maybe going a little bit outside of what their boundaries should be for their relationships or for their health, they end up just calling it, you know, oh, this is my sense of freedom. And then all of a sudden they're like out of shape, drinking excessively, smoking, partying, and just completely out of control. So, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, there, and here, here's one of the traps that we fall into. We, we hear about the comparison trap, right? We don't want to compare ourselves to what other people are doing. But I think it is important to surround ourselves with men who are maybe a little further ahead in their career or maybe they're a little bit stronger in their family life or maybe they're better business owners or community leaders. And we want to surround ourselves, not necessarily to compare but to learn and to get ideas from so that we can develop in those areas as well. But when we don't have those things, like you said, it's very easy for us to drift and have no benchmark into how we should be measuring our level of success. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you, you mentioned that um, you know relationships are, are important and, and, and are important to men. And I'm just curious, you know, with your father leaving at such a young age, when do you think you started to realize that there was something missing in your life uh, in regards to a male relationship? Yeah, I, you know, that's a really good question. I've never really thought about that. But I guess looking back now, the, the times where I looked around and I saw other boys getting something that I was envious of that I wanted in my life was probably in middle school to maybe my freshman year of high school because I started to be really aware of what was going on. And I started surrounding myself in team sports with other boys who were having experiences that I could not relate to. And so I saw that and wondered, oh, is this really how it's supposed to be? Because I never had this. And ever since then, I focused really hard on getting that information and finding it out for myself and trying to surround myself with men. We had church leaders growing up who helped me. I had coaches who I looked to as mentors slash quasi father figures, uh, military, like I said. And then, of course, some of my my wife's uh, male influences as well have been a big support for me in my life. Very cool. And sort of like on not the flip side, but uh, you know, on the other side of that, there there are some exceptional things about being a man. So, out of curiosity, like, what's your what's your favorite part about being a man? Hmm, man, you guys have some great questions. My <laughs> favorite part of being a man, you know, I, here, here's the thing that's interesting. I think, and and maybe to answer that, let's talk about actually what masculinity or what manhood is. And I think the time and the moment you become a man is when you accept personal accountability and responsibility for your own life. So I look at my boys who are eight and five years old and they're boys. And the reason they're boys is because they have no responsibility, I guess, to a degree, if you consider chores around the house, some sort of responsibility. And there's not even really an accountability level at this point that they have. But the moment they reach that, they turn into what we call men. So 
to answer your question about what is the best part of being a man, I think this is something that's very scary to a lot of people, especially boys who are transitioning into manhood. But the best part of being a man is that I have complete control over my destiny. What happens in my life is 100% reliant upon the things I do on a daily basis and the way I act and the way I behave. So I think a lot of people will look at that and it will scare them, especially boys who never learn that from any male influence and male role model, is they get scared knowing that it's all on them. But to me, that's the best part of being a man. That's liberating knowing that my efforts are going to determine my results, not somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think that's a great, it's a really great point because I think a lot of guys kind of like, you know, maybe they didn't have that, you know, quote unquote challenger or role model in their life to, to kind of push them through that transition of boyhood into manhood. And then they find themselves in their early twenties, still not taking accountability. And then they find themselves in their late twenties, still not taking accountability and they're floundering and they're struggling and they're just like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, like, why can I get my shit together? And, and, you mm-hmm. know, from the outside, the biggest thing is that they, they really lack the responsibility. I think that's, you know, I think of some of the people that some of the men that I've worked with personally, and then some of the, some of the guys that have worked with me, you know, just through, through work or through whatever it is. And the ones that really struggle are always the ones that shirk like ownership and responsibility in most situations. And so when there's when there's something that comes up that they are personally responsible for, the tendency is to say, oh, that's his fault or that's her fault. And I didn't do that. And I'm not like, that's not my fault. They did it. And then all of a sudden they, you know, become this like victim. And it's, it's almost like one of like the weakest places for a man to come from is like, oh, I'm not responsible for this. When, when you know fundamentally that you actually are responsible for it. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I'm curious how I'm coming from a military background. What, what how did that affect your life in that regard? Because I've I you know I've been told I, I don't I don't have a military background, um, but I've been told that you know on the, on the one hand it's obviously incredible leadership opportunities, but on the other hand, you know in a lot of ways you're told kind of where to go, when to wake up, uh, when to eat, and all those sorts of things. And, and does it remove some of that uh, responsibility? Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I, and I can see that as well. I mean, definitely there's leadership opportunities, but everything is so regimented and it's by a schedule and a routine and you just fall into that routine and it's very simple to do. I think back to basic training, we were told when to eat, when to sleep, just like you said, when we're going to do certain things and all the logistics were laid out. So we never had to worry about that. So I would say that military experience is not the only experience that makes somebody a man. But it's definitely a component because we learned structure and we learned how to structure our days. We learned how to do things and push past hard and difficult trials. We learned discipline. We learned commitment. We learned what it was like to serve the brother that's standing next to you. So there's a lot of things that I learned in the military that I think guys can get in other places. Team sports happens to be one of them. But it just helps me and it's helped me in my life be more well-rounded as opposed to single-sided or only able to function under a, a strict regiment of a daily routine. Yeah, very cool. And, and kind of on that, like I think maybe we, like can we touch on this idea of structure and routines? Because I think that a lot of maybe a lot of our listeners out there are wanting to build better routines and better structures in their lives, especially around, sure. you know, morning. I hear a lot of guys are like, oh, I want a better morning routine and I just can't get into it. And then they, you know, they really beat themselves up about it or, you know, they want a better evening routine or, you know, workout routine, like whatever the case may be. So 
Um, why is it so important? And and how do you build? Uh, how have you found that you've that you've built good routines coming out of the army and and into sort of like civilian life? Sure. Yeah, I, I I do think it's important. I think it's important that you find something. But in the, the the fact that it's so important means that there's so much information out there about routines, specifically morning routines. And the problem with that, there's actually a problem there, is that we as men are looking at what other people are doing, other highly successful people, and we're implementing those things into our lives without realizing that maybe that just doesn't fit into my schedule. So a lot of people will say, well, Ryan, what do you do on a everyday basis to get up and get out of bed and get going for the day? And I'm happy to share that, and I think there's some value in that. But I think if somebody tries to copy that verbatim, you know, minute by minute, they're probably going to struggle with that because it's not going to fit into their way of life or their routine. But there are some elements that I think are very, very important that I think a man probably ought to incorporate somewhere in his day. And so part of that for me is exercise. I exercise every single day. I get up usually about 5, 5.30. I get into the gym. I work out for an hour. That's important to me. Um, also reflection, really taking time and thinking about what I want my day to look like. And I think that's a huge challenge that a lot of men that I see have is that they get up in the morning and they haven't even thought about what they want to accomplish in the day and they go through the day and they fly by the seat of their pants and they let other people dictate what their life and how their day is going to work and then they wonder why they can never do the things they want to do. They wonder why they can never get ahead and most of the time it's because they didn't spend any time reflecting or thinking about how they wanted their day to actually work out. So that might be the night before. That doesn't work for me. So what I do is every morning is I'll go before I even start the day is I'll look and I'll see, okay, what is it that I need to accomplish today? If I did one thing, what would that one thing be? And how would I determine what today's success is going to be? But I also spend time reflecting at the end of the day, looking and thinking, did I get this accomplished? Did I accomplish the mission? What did not go well? What can I learn from that? How am I going to be better tomorrow? So I think that reflection upon your day is extremely, extremely valuable. I also try to read and spend time with my family because both of those activities give me energy. And if I can have energy going into my day, I'm going to be that much more successful. So those are a few routines that I do every single day that have worked well for me through a series of trial and error. I don't always have it perfect. I don't always go to the gym right on time. Sometimes I sleep in. But when I do those things, I notice that I have more energy and I'm more successful throughout the day. And and you're a better fa- you know you're a better father to your kids you're a better husband you you have that sort of structure in your life and a strong foundation to to do all the the amazing things you get to do. Well, and here's the cool thing about this too is that we as men and women, frankly, anybody cannot make decisions in a vacuum. So the way that you do anything, maybe it's the way that you approach your fitness and your workout is going to carry over into the way that you're a father. And it's going to carry over into the way that you're structured about your business. So if you're cheating yourself at the gym, you're probably going to be cheating your family and the time that you spend with them. And you're probably going to be cheating yourself at work by not working or being as efficient and productive as you possibly can. So when you're participating in an activity, if it's something that's uplifting and wholesome and good for you, What's great about that is that everything transfers over into any area of your life. So if you improve in one area, like physical fitness, for example, I tell a lot of people my story two years ago, I actually weighed 50 pounds more than I do today. And I told a friend of mine who's also a financial advisor, he asked me how my workouts were going after a year of doing it. And I said, you know what? It has been the best business decision 
that I ever could have made to go into the gym every single morning and work my tail off first thing. And he asked me why. And I said, because all of the discipline and the structure and the commitment and the effort and the hard work that I do at the gym transfers perfectly into my business. And I noticed my results going up when I did that. In uh, business. Absolutely. There's a great quote by um, an author uh, named T. Harv Eker. He, he likes to say, how you do anything is how you do everything. Absolutely. Yeah. What is it? The million, millionaire mindset? Millionaire I think mind, is what it's yeah, called. Exactly. Is that right? You know, this this idea of, you know, if you, if you go to the gym, it, it, it has a sort of rolling uh, effect on other elements of your life. You know, this whole idea of the one thing, such an incredible book, if anybody hasn't had a chance to read it yet. If you can pick out that one thing in your life or that one thing in your day that is essentially going to make everything else either better or easier to do, it, it can have tremendous effect on your, on, on your day and uh, obviously on your life. Yeah, we must have the same library because that well, that's Gary Keller, right? The Gary one Keller thing. and uh, Jay, Jay Papazan, yeah. Jay, that's right. Yeah, great book as well. So we've got similar libraries, it sounds like. Yeah, on, that, on that topic, you know, if you were to pick out what that favorite book of yours is, what would be that book? You know, I, I'm glad you asked this today because somebody asked me that yesterday and I wouldn't have been able to give you a good answer yesterday. But since somebody asked me, I can tell you today what that is. There's a ton of books. I read as many books as I possibly can. I think the number one book right now that I really, really enjoyed was Resilience by Eric Greitens, a Navy SEAL. Have you guys read that book? I've I've read about half of it, which is kind of ironic considering Yeah, that, that's right. Considering the title. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is a great book. It's written in a really cool format. He's talking basically with one of his buddies and teaching him how to be resilient and how to be a man and how to get things accomplished and how to overcome obstacles and trials. And all of those things can relate perfectly to us, regardless of our station in life. So I love that book. Isn't the buddy that he's talking to suffering from PTSD? Yeah, yeah, I think he is to to some degree. I think he's having a hard time adapting back to civilian life, which leads into that point that you made earlier is is as a as a military man, I think it's very easy for guys to be structured and to know what it is the mission at hand and then to get home and wonder, now what? Everything's on me. I I don't know what to do because I've been having this guidance and the d- direction and discipline for so long. I don't know how to transition into that. So we need to, whether you're in the military or just never got it as a child, we need to figure out how to struggle on our own. We need to figure out how to face hardship and then overcome those hardships. Otherwise, we're just not going to be well-rounded men. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that we always dive into at the events, you know, at the Man Talks events, and, you know, we definitely try and dive into it here on the podcast is this idea of purpose. And how, how important do you think purpose is for a man? I think having something to do, this is at the basic level. I think having something to do is so, so valuable for a man. I know when I don't have anything to do, even as simple as I don't have a weekend project, not only am I going nuts, I'm driving everybody else nuts as well. <laughs> ask You could ask my wife. She would attest to that. Yeah, Rogers. So I think having something to do, right, you know, you guys know, right? Yeah. <laughs> You should see all the little little projects that I have going around the house just just to give me something to do. That's right. That's right. And it's good. It's good for our sanity and it's good for our problem solving skills. So that's at a basic level, having a project. But then when you combine, combine that project with passion and purpose and something greater than yourself, you take all of that energy and you apply it to that and you can literally change the world. It's so exciting as I start Order of Man and I know how excited you guys are about man talks because you have 
this purpose. And there's actually a reason for you to get out of bed. That's, that's what's amazing to me is that there's men out there who have no reason whatsoever to get out of bed. And it's no wonder that they're not happy. I was going to say, so, you know, on this topic of order of man, let's, let's dig into it more. So how did it, how did it come to be? And, you know, what was that moment where you, you, you know, you had the idea or you had some sort of epiphany or maybe, you know, was it a slow, slow burn uh, uh, creation? You know, one of the strengths that I've always had, and I have many weaknesses to offset this strength, but one of my strengths is that I've always been a man of action. If I have an idea, I'm willing to go full bore, full steam, both feet in, and just do it. And sometimes that's a detriment because I move too quickly and I make mistakes and it costs me time and money. But I'd rather make the mistake of taking action too soon than sitting on the fence too long. So I've followed a lot of men's blogs and how to be a man. One in particular, I'm sure you guys are aware of Art of Manliness, Brett McKay, followed his site for a long time and some others. And I just thought that there's an opportunity for me to come with a perspective that I have and turn the challenges that I had of not having a mentor, of not having a male role model in my life and not having that influence into something that can be very positive for my life and for thousands of other men who are going through the same situation. So frankly, I started the podcast and the blog as a way for me to have access to guys like you and guys like Brett McKay and all of the men that I've been able to have conversations with and I've been able to learn from them. I also did it as an opportunity to learn how to be a better man so I could be a better father so I could help my children be the kind of people that they have the potential to become. And what was really amazing is as I started talking about this and starting having this conversation, it just resonated. And so many people have said, Ryan, we appreciate you doing this. Similar backgrounds. I can't tell you how often I hear every single day somebody say, my background, you, you're like telling my story. And so it's really cool that I've been able to be a catalyst in those men's lives. Very cool. And so how long how long has it been around for? Uh, whew, let's see, eight months. So I haven't been going for a year. I started in April. I went out to uh, Men's Style Con, which is a men's style fashion bloggers conference, for lack of a better term. And I met some incredible men out there. And uh, that was in, in, I think, the end of March 2015. So just, just the last eight months. And man, we've been going full bore so, since and we've had a ton of fun and a ton of success as well. Very cool. Very cool. And so do you have other like writers on the order of man or is it mostly your content? It's mostly my content. I, I'm somebody who's better behind the mic and better behind the camera than I am somebody who is willing to take a lot of time and sit down and write something out. So for the most part, I'm posting a lot of video. I'm posting a lot of audio, obviously, through the podcast. And then I've had some guest contributors as well who have resonated with the message and wanted to share some of their stories. And we're always open to having a well-written article on just about any topic that is going to apply and resonate for men. Very cool. Very cool. And then on that idea, you know, you, you kind of touched on uh, mentors and role models as it is right now. Like who who are some of those mentors and role models for you? Then they can be, you know, it can be an author or, or somebody that's that's kind of like really spoken to you like that. I, I think that idea of, um, you know, when, when people come up to you and say, Oh, you're, you're telling my story. Like I've definitely 
had that happen at, at our events and we've we've had tons yeah, of people sure. reach reach out and be like oh my god like your podcast and what you guys talk about on there is is exactly what i need to hear but th- that i think that is mentorship as well is that you're providing a space for somebody to really understand themselves on a on a deeper level so who who are your type of mentors yeah so i think the first thing the first level of mentors i have is is the books i read and some people say, well, those aren't really mentors. Well, yeah, that's exactly what that is. I get to learn from these guys and take all of their life experiences and take a couple of hours and read through the highlights to gain all of the nuggets of wisdom and learn from their failures, learn from their successes. And so uh, that's definitely one. I just read School of Gate Greatness by Lewis Howes, who I'm sure you guys are familiar with, which is a great book. Uh, Michael Hyatt is another person I follow in the leadership type space and entrepreneurial world. He's somebody I consider a mentor, but I've also been able to develop and build a relationship with Brett McKay, and I've watched him on the sideline for a lot of years, and he's mentored me, but we also have had conversations through the podcast and some other correspondence that we've had. Uh, But I try to find areas in my life that I want to improve, and so I go back to physical fitness, and I've got a coach who is a mentor and teaching me how to be better with my form and how to eat healthier and how to work out at the gym and how to do all the mechanics properly. And then I also have business coaches as well who are further down the track than me who are looking at my life without any bias. They're not emotionally attached to the decisions I make. So they're able to give me clarity that I cannot see on my own. And I know that every time I brought a business mentor or a coach or a partner into my financial planning practices, which is what I do by by trade, I've seen results over and over again. So I, I find mentors and people to surround myself with in in life every in every area of life. Awesome, you know. Just curious, you know, see, seeing as we do sort of similar things right now as far as our organizations go, but we also have, you know, our day jobs. You know, do you ever struggle to describe to people what it is that you do? Um, you know, th- there's a great sort of quote, or I guess sort of uh, way that Woody Allen likes to say is, if if someone were to walk into your room in the middle of the night and shake you and wake you and go, "What is it that you do? What is it that you do?" What would be the first thing that popped out of your mouth? Yeah. So for me, it would be help men become better men, stronger men in eight key areas of their lives. And that's what we do. I mean, we talk about that. We blog about that. We do videos about that. And that's our mission is to help men become the best men that they can be. That's what I would say. Awesome. Very cool. And, you know, on on sort of that sort of, you know, area, what are some of the main things that make you who you are? What are what are some of your core beliefs? Wow. So my core beliefs, first and foremost, I believe in my family. I think that there's no greater calling than me being a husband and being a father. So first and foremost, that is what I'm here to do. And everything else that I do is a function to support that mission, to be the best dad I can be and to be the best husband I can be. Um, Outside of that, I really, really feel like I need to be an example in my children's lives and the men who are looking at the podcast and looking at the blog. And so so my mission is to have discipline, to have commitment, to master myself, to overcome my shortcomings, because if I can do it, then I know every other person out there can do it. And so being an example to those men by living the kind of life that I am fully capable of is extremely valuable to me. Awesome. Um, and then what, what's some of like the best, uh, let's, let's talk about advice. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, I think some of our listeners out there, like they really tune in to hear 
insights into, you know, business and fatherhood and health and that kind of stuff. So let, let's talk about, I mean, you, you have a pretty unique background in, in terms of like the army and I'm sure that your story resonates with a lot of people. So, um, you know, tell, tell us kind of like your golden nuggets for, for health, like get, what, what's like the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given or that you would give to somebody that was like, you know, give, give me insight into how to, how to be really healthy. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing is that what I have to say about health and what I have to say about wealth and fitness and and intellect and leadership is never sexy. So that's the problem. It's It's never exciting. It's never sexy. And frankly, it's not new information. It's just information that we need to find a way to implement. So if we're talking about health, my best advice is find a routine. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes. It doesn't matter if it's an hour. It doesn't matter if you do CrossFit, which is what I happen to do. It doesn't matter if you have a home gym or you decide to do push-ups or you decide to run. It doesn't matter. I think we get so focused on, well, what's the best food and how many calories and what's the best run and this exercise is bad because of this and this. And so we get paralyzed. So my best advice is do something that's going to work for you. If it's going to run every single morning, great. I don't personally like running. I do it occasionally, but it's not something I really enjoy. So I do something else because I'm motivated to do something else. So find it, whatever it is. Maybe it's sports. We play basketball every Tuesday night. I like playing basketball. That's my running, but it's disguised as something else. (laughs) So whatever is going to work for you, take that and implement it in your life. Do it consistently, day in and day out, even though you may not want to. And I promise you'll see the results over long periods of time. So would that be the the sort of like red thread, like the similar theme of, you know, if somebody came to you for business advice, you would you would say something very similar? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can tell you for me in my financial planning practice, it's as simple for me as making 10 prospecting calls to new and potential clients every single day. So if I did that, and we're going back to the one thing by Gary Keller, if I do that, if I make those 10 calls every single day, everything else becomes unimportant or it improves everything else by default, which is basically the premise of the one thing, right? And so I've narrowed it down to making those 10 calls, but people look at that and they think, that's it? That's all you got? Yeah, that's all it takes. But very few people would actually do it. I had a chiropractor friend of mine actually tell me one time, he said, Ryan, I'm going to give you a couple of exercises that you can do every single morning that will keep you out of my office unless you have some sort of major injury or illness. But just from a health perspective, this will keep you out of my office. And he said, I'm going to tell you this and I can tell every single person this and still feel comfortable that I'll have a job because very few people will do it. And the exercise was laying on your stomach and kind of arching your back, pushing your hands up, stretching your back out and a couple other back stretches every single morning. And he said, you'd stay out of the office. But the problem is nobody does it. And that's the reality is that it doesn't you, you don't need the the next bit of wisdom, the great secret that's been evading you your entire life. You just need to do the stuff you already know you should be doing. Mm, yeah, that's that's pretty solid. <laughs> what about uh, yeah. what, what about <laughs> no big deal? Just just do the one thing. Right. But it's so, it's so true. I think sometimes just do it. Um, yeah, why do we why do we make it so difficult on ourselves? We feel like we have to pile lists on lists of all these things that we need to accomplish. But 
it, it is it's sort of like putting oil in your car that you know mechanics like to say that if you you know if you could just do one thing it's just check your oil <laughs> and that that yeah that, you know that can improve the you know the, the life of your vehicle uh, but we but we as men as men we have a tendency to kind of make things as difficult and complex as possible and really it's just the simple things well, I'll give you an example of that. I mean, if you look at baseball greats, you look at Tony Gwynn, for example, who was just a solid hitter. I mean, hit a few home runs every year, but just a solid hitter, right? But what's more glamorous, watching him hit a base hit and get on base every time? Or do you guys remember, this was years ago, but the uh, the the home run contest between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa where they were neck and neck. And that's more exciting. We want to see that stuff. And then as men, we want to be exciting. We want to hit the home runs. We want to get the huge wins rather than doing the simple, slow, steady, methodical approach every single day. Although that typically ends uh, up working more often than the other. Well, it's, it's sort of like the golf analogy of uh, driving for show, putting for dough. You know, it's the simple, yeah, that's it's right. The, it's, that's the simple, exactly right. it's the small ball that, uh, you know, that wins you the tournaments. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. I think, I think, in, you know, in, in this sort of area where I see a lot of people not fail, but work, like really struggle is that if they don't have clarity in what they actually want to accomplish, that's when they end up sort of like filling their lives with just sort of like miscellaneous stuff, you know, and they're, mm-hmm. they're because there isn't like a very clear vision for the path that they want to take. Then all of a sudden they're doing things that they don't want to do. They say yes to opportunities that they shouldn't actually say yes to. And, and all of a sudden, or they just don't take any action whatsoever because they have a lack of clarity. That's usually the, that's usually like the two ends of the spectrum. They don't have clarity on what they want to do. And so then they just don't take any action whatsoever and they play video games and sit on the couch for, you know, days and weeks (laughs) on end, uh, or they, they don't have clarity and they're an action taker. And all of a sudden they're taking, they're just doing nothing but taking action. And that action is just leading them in a hundred different directions. And so I think the men that I've really looked up to and admired, they've, they've done that one thing. They've, they've chosen that one action, you know, in their health, in their relationships, in their business. And then they just relentlessly pursue that. Right. And, and, and that leads them so much further because they're taking action in one direction. So. Right. And it's hard for us not to get distracted, right? I mean, there's so many things coming at us on a daily basis, especially with social media. And you see where other people are having successes and they're going on their cruises and they're driving their fancy cars. And we think, well, I want that. I want what they have. How do they do it? And then you go that and realize it doesn't work that way. And you go on to the next thing one day later. And so we never have the focus to actually make something successful. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things there is, you know, not compromising on your internal like your core values like we kind of touched on core values and one of the guests that we've had on the podcast he always talks philip mckernan he always talks about intuition and i think you know if you intuitive if you listen to your intuition your gut or whatever you want to refer to it as and and you tune into that and you you're you have a decision in front of you and your intuition your gut's like no that that's not in line with what i want to be doing and you're ignoring that that's probably leading you down a path that you don't want to go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so actually tuning into your gut and your intuition is, is huge. And so I kind of wanted to touch on that with you. Like how, how is like tuning into your gut or your intuition kind of guided your life? Yeah. I mean, I think order of man is a prime example of that. 
I think we get we tend to pigeonhole ourselves or believe that if we make one decision that it's going to it has to be the right decision because we can't ever change our minds. Like this is the path that we have to take and hopefully I get it right because if I don't I'm screwed. But the reality is is that if somebody asked me what does order a man look like in 10 years if I'm being truthful I have no idea because I know what it looks like now. I know what my gut is telling me now, but I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what experiences and opportunities that I'm going to be exposed to over the next, you know, 10 years, five years, or even this week. So I think there's a lot to be said for what he talks about with intuition. It's this hidden force that uh, we can tap into. And I don't know how we know, but we know, and it's probably a survival mechanism that we've evolved and developed over thousands of years of being on this planet, but you ought to listen to it and you ought to follow it a little bit more and you ought to eliminate the excuses in your life as to why things won't work and start thinking about why things will. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at where your life takes you if you look at it from that perspective. Awesome. So, you know, we always like to ask our guests, what is, what, you know, if you could choose a legacy to leave in the world, what would that legacy be? Hmm. No big deal, right? Just if I to, were to choose, yeah, no, easy, easy. Que- you got like I said, easy questions for me today. Just a nice, easy way to kick off the morning <laughs> for me. Breezy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I think the 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 uh, the lesson or the legacy that I would leave is commitment. Is commitment to your values. Commitment to what you knew to be right. So I don't think anybody would ever wonder where I stand on things. I don't think anybody would ever wonder what's important. I don't think anybody would wonder what I actually stood for. And that to me is extremely, extremely valuable that I was willing to stand up for something that I was willing to move forward on something. I think it was Winston Churchill who said, he said something like, you have enemies in your life. Good. That means at some point in your life, you actually stood up for something. And that's what I want to do. I want to be a rock. I want to be a pillar and a foundation upon what I believe and let others see that this is the right course of action. And, and that's my legacy for my family and, and those people who decide they want to be part of the journey that I'm on myself. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a really solid – I mean that's a really solid legacy because a lot of people talk about like you know, their, their business or they, they, they end up talking about outcomes. You know, that's really what mm-hmm. it is. A lot of people think about legacy as an outcome. And, you know, I think that you really touched on sort of the core, at least for what I believe to be the core of legacy. And and legacy is about a way of being. How do you need to show up day in, day out to actually have that lasting impact? And yeah, I think that you really like you really hit hit the nail on the head there. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. So just to kind of wrap up, uh, what is the, what's the one thing that you're most excited about these days for yourself and for order of man? One, one thing that's up and coming. Yeah. So next year I've actually got on the agenda, some retreats that we're going to start doing. And so we're going to be doing those initially here in Southern Utah, which is where I I live, but we're going to start expanding those. And the best definition I can come up with for what these retreats will be is military basic training meets Boy Scouts. So we're going to have a lot of adventure. We're going to learn a lot of manly skills. I'll make sure that you guys get the invite. It's going to be a good time. And we're going to go back to our roots when we were boys and we 
got dirty and we explored and we adventured and we learned new things. And that's what I want to accomplish with these retreats. So we're going to start those in 2016. I'm excited about that. Very cool. And, you know, how can people find more about uh, Order of Man? Yeah, if you want to go to orderofman.com is our home base. So you can check things out there, the podcast and the blog and everything that we've got there. And then you can, of course, uh, sign up for some of the updates that we send out. And, of course, we'll give you the information on the retreats as those are available. But I'm also pretty active on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. All of those are at Order of Man. So you can find me any one of those areas. And I'd love to connect with uh, with anybody who's listening today. Hopefully some of this message has resonated. Yeah, definitely go check those out. And actually, the, the website is an incredible resource for, you know, Touching on those eight different uh, important aspects of a man's life. Uh, it's an incredible stockpile of information, really cool stuff. Very awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. We really, really appreciate you taking the time with us. Thanks again to our listeners out in Mantox land. Uh, they, you can go to mantox.com for more podcasts, blog posts, and any videos of our events, which are going to be going live soon. And just a reminder to subscribe on iTunes and never miss an episode. It's super easy and just drops right into your, uh, into your smartphone every day. Also, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating on iTunes. It goes a long, long way to getting our message out there. You know, help man it forward. And, and thanks so much to those that have um, left us a review so far. We've gotten some amazing, uh, amazing reviews and amazing feedback. So thanks again. Thank you so much, Ryan. And thanks again for listening to the Man Talks podcast, everyone. Catch us next week for another inspiring conversation with an inspiring man. 